It's been 100 years since drugs were first banned in the United States and Britain, and we imposed that ban on the rest of the world. It's a century since we made the fateful decision to take addicts and punish them, believing it would deter them and give them an incentive to stop. But what if everything we know about addiction is wrong? I've been thinking about this a lot lately, especially as I've seen the effects of addiction in my own family. I wanted to understand the root causes of addiction and whether there was a better way to help those struggling with addiction. I read countless books and articles, but I still had many questions. That's why I decided to travel around the world and talk to experts and individuals who have lived and studied addiction. I spoke with a transgender crack dealer, a scientist who studies the effects of hallucinogens on animals, and even visited the only country that has decriminalized all drugs, Portugal. What I learned blew my mind and made me realize that almost everything we think we know about addiction is wrong. If we start to absorb the new evidence about addiction, I believe we will have to change a lot more than our drug policies. But let's start with what we think we know. Imagine if you used heroin three times a day for 20 days. We've been told that our bodies would become dependent on the chemical hooks in heroin and that we would become addicts. But is this true? Consider this. If someone breaks their hip and is given diamorphine, which is medically pure heroin, for a period of time, they don't become addicts. This has been studied carefully, and it just doesn't happen. So why is this the case? This is where Professor Bruce Alexander comes in. He's a professor of psychology in Vancouver who conducted an experiment that helps us understand addiction in a new light. According to Professor Alexander, the idea of addiction that we have in our heads comes partly from experiments done earlier in the 20th century. When I first encountered this information, it seemed counterintuitive to everything I had previously believed. However, after meeting Bruce Alexander, a psychology professor in Vancouver, my understanding of addiction was completely changed. Alexander conducted an experiment that revealed a flaw in the traditional understanding of addiction. Historically, experiments were conducted by placing a rat in a cage and providing it with two water bottles, one with just water and the other with water laced with heroin or cocaine. The rat would always choose the drug-laced water and eventually die. Alexander noticed that the problem with these experiments is that the rats were placed in an empty and isolated cage. He decided to try something different by creating a cage he called Rat Park, which was a paradise for rats. It was filled with food, toys, and other rats for socialization and companionship. The rats in Rat Park had access to both the regular water and the drug-laced water, but they didn't prefer the latter. In fact, none of them ever used it compulsively or overdosed. This experiment showed that when rats are in an environment that satisfies their needs and provides them with companionship, they don't develop addictions. Now, when Professor Alexander first observed this, 
He initially thought that this behavior was specific to rats and not applicable to humans. However, there was a parallel human experiment taking place at the same time, the Vietnam War. During the war, 20% of all American troops were heavy users of heroin, and there were concerns that upon returning home, there would be a huge influx of heroin addicts. However, when these soldiers were followed up, the archives of general psychiatry found that 95% of them simply stopped using heroin. This contradicts the traditional belief that addiction is caused by chemical hooks in the brain, but Professor Alexander proposed that addiction may be a response to one's environment or circumstances. Another professor, Peter Cohen from the Netherlands, suggests that addiction should not be called addiction, but rather bonding. Humans have a natural and innate need to bond and connect with others, but when they are unable to do so due to trauma, isolation, or other life struggles, they will bond with something that provides them with a sense of relief. This could be anything from gambling to pornography to drugs like cocaine or cannabis. The speaker found this idea difficult to grasp initially, but an example helped him understand it better. He points out that many in the audience have bottles of water with them, and that if they wanted to, they could replace those bottles with vodka and get drunk, but they don't. This is because they have bonds and connections that they want to be present for, such as work, loved ones, and healthy relationships. The speaker believes that addiction is about not being able to bear to be present in one's life. The implication of the new understanding of addiction as bonding is significant for the war on drugs. Instead of punishing, stigmatizing and giving criminal records to addicts, Portugal decided to try a new approach. In the year 2000, Portugal had one of the worst drug problems in Europe with 1% of the population addicted to heroin. They set up a panel of scientists and doctors to come up with a solution, and the panel suggested to decriminalize all drugs and spend the money on reconnecting addicts with society. This included job creation and microloans for addicts to set up small businesses. This approach led to a decrease in injecting drug use by 50%, overdose and HIV among addicts, and addiction in general. The success of this new approach is evident, as almost nobody in Portugal wants to go back to the old system. When it comes to addiction, another professor named Peter Cohen in the Netherlands suggests that perhaps it should be referred to as bonding. People have an innate need to connect with others and when they are able to do so in a healthy way, they will form strong relationships. However, when someone is struggling with trauma, isolation, or other issues, they may turn to something that provides a sense of relief, such as drugs or other harmful habits. This perspective has significant implications, particularly for the war on drugs. In many places, Addicts are punished and stigmatized, making it harder for them to reconnect with society. But in Portugal, they took a different approach. They decriminalized all drugs and instead of cutting off addicts, they focused on reconnecting them with society. 
This included job creation and microloans for small businesses. This approach has led to a significant decrease in drug use and addiction in Portugal. It also highlights the importance of connections in addressing addiction. In our culture, many people feel vulnerable to various forms of addiction, and it's becoming increasingly clear that these addictions are often a result of isolation and lack of meaningful connections. We need to focus on social recovery, not just individual recovery, in order to address addiction. When it comes to addressing addiction in our personal lives, it's important to remember that threatening to cut off a loved one who is struggling with addiction is not the solution. We should strive to deepen our connections with them and offer our support, no matter what state they are in.